With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Now, more of The Bernie Show on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. All right, welcome back to the Bernie Show, uh, 3.43 in the afternoon, and we'll talk some college football with the most outstanding Brett McMurphy at uh, 4 o'clock from uh, the Action Network. Uh, you know, long-time ESPN, and he's, uh, you know, he's just been established as a uh, voice of authority, great reporting in college football for a long time. So two weeks ago, uh, I wrote a column, and we talked about it at length, uh, about the possibility of Yadier Molina, you know, coming back to the Cardinals in a coaching. I'm just going to call it a coaching position um, because I don't think – I really don't think uh, they would waste his time or he would want his time wasted with some consultant role. I think he wants to coach. That's what he's indicated anyway. And I mentioned all the, uh, I mentioned all the things that would make sense about this and be valuable about this, but – uh, there, there's one thing that I, I, I have hit on the radio show quite a bit, but I wanted to talk about it now as kind of a standalone topic. I think Yadier Molina, I'm going to take a bigger swing at this. Yadier Molina is just what the Cardinals need because they got to do something about the culture down there. Uh, and I've talked about it, and I'll talk about it again, and you're going to have to hear the word badass again. Um, but they, uh, it's a very polite group. It's a very civil group. You know, um, nobody's questioning how hard, like, Goldie and Arenado work and how dedicated they are to preparation. No no, no, no one has got – no one should have any fault with that whatsoever. But that's, a, that's one form of leadership. The Cardinals are lacking the other form of leadership that they have had so consistently through the years when they've been very, very good. That's players are going to get after it. That's also players are going to get after each other. That's going to be players who challenge each other. That's uh, it's players who get after the other teams, maybe stir it up to give the team a lift. You know, maybe uh, just be a, a, a super fly annoyance to raise the emotion level around their ball club. And the card have the Cardinals had that? What? When's the last time the Cardinals really had that? It's like a damn library down there, you know? <laughs> yeah. And everybody's got each other's backs, and no one's going to openly challenge each other. And, you know, um, it's kind of like, you know, you, hey, I'm that, that book from way back when, I'm okay, you're okay. Let's just uh, have fun, play, and we'll play ball. 
it's got to change. To me, it's one of the factors in their decline. And that's what Yadier Molina can do for them, not only with the handling, helping them uh, rebuild a pitching staff, uh, helping Wilson Contreras, helping school some of the younger players, uh, helping just set the tone. I mean, he's got immense baseball intellect, and he's one of the greatest competitors to ever live, and he's also one of the greatest winners to ever play Major League Baseball. So what I what I was saying on the show so many times, Jim, I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to put together a list of badasses the Cardinals have had through the years. Can I go through it? Yes, I'm looking forward to it. I know Tony some of La- the yeah, too. Tony Larusa. Other managers were intimidated by him. He got into their heads, would unsettle them, which would give his team an advantage. He relentlessly challenged his own players. He pushed them to reach a highest level, even if they cursed him behind the scenes, which they did. They respected him to the max, and the fear factor was always there, and it was always healthy. They wanted to please him, even though at times he drove them nuts. Molina, of course, has there ever been a more hardcore competitor in a Cardinal uniform? No. He'd take on the other team's other the other team's entire roster if he had to. Opponents were even they were even afraid to try to steal bases on him. And uh, one of my favorite quotes I ever got as a post dispatch columnist was Shelby Miller during a spring training. Uh, interview, I said, well, what which, uh, what makes Molina so great at selecting pitches? Nobody's better. What What is it? And he, Shelby Miller said, and I quote, it's almost like he can look right into a hitter's soul. He knows what to do with that. He stares at the hitter, and you can see him thinking, okay, what pitch can't you hit right now? And if he calls the pitch, then you know that's got to be the one. You throw it, and it works. He's thinking the entire game. He's aware of everything that's going on. The Cardinals need some of that. Now, I know he's not the catcher, but that's, that doesn't matter. You can have tremendous influence on the way games are called. Um, and again, this is a guy who, I, I, listen, I won't have time to get into everything with Molina as far as all the things I saw him do, but there, there's never been a, a, a guy more jacked up competitively than him in a Cardinals uniform. Albert Pujols, not only did he inspire his teammates with greatness, and he did it at age 41 in 2022, he did it again. Uh, the other Cardinals never wanted to let him down and get on his bad side, and he would not hesitate to tell a player, we need more from you, and by the way, you shouldn't act like that. That's unacceptable. And beware of the stare, beware of the glare, because there's nothing more menacing than having Pujols look at you. Doesn't even have to say a word. You understand right away <laughs> what he's communicating. Uh, Chris Carpenter, uh, I don't think he'd be offended my, by my choice of words or word. Uh, the word here is psycho. The dude was always ready to rumble. Uh, do not bother him. Do not disappoint him. He was scary, and I'm talking about to opponents. But he was also an intimidating but a, but a very – valuable presence in his own clubhouse because uh, if somebody if if somebody needed to speak up to get a teammate in line he was the guy jim edmonds what do you mean jim edmonds (laughs) yeah he's badass in the same way that bryce harper is he's got abundant swag he's flaunted his talent he challenged authority he feuded with tlr teammates always love that but tr tlr loved jimmy ball like a son See, Jimmy had that attitude that was transmissible. Cockiness is a quality that few players can pull off, and that is a badass component. 
And Jim Edmonds had that in abundance. All right, Tommy Pham. Uh, and you hear the Diamondbacks talking about him like, man, he, he, he's as honest as could be. Most honest guy I've ever been around. He was such a badass in St. Louis, the general manager and their manager were afraid of him, and they couldn't wait to trade him away because he spoke the truth. And insecure people don't want to hear the truth. Uh, Tommy Pham went all out on the field. You never gave anything less than 100% and then some. And uh, he questioned authority and was very healthy in that setting when things needed to be challenged. Uh, by the way, they were about 25 games over 500 when he started a game. How about that? Uh, uh, Scott Spezio, all I can say is he had a devilish vibe. And when he was here in 2006, <laughs> badass, totally. And that, that actually was seen in some of those great at-bats he took down the stretch and also in the postseason. That triple still lives forever. It sure is. All right, uh, Daryl, I, I mentioned all the closers, and you know, especially Izzy and especially Eckersley. Uh, Daryl Kyle, strong, silent, fearless leader. He could control the clubhouse with, with a pointed, gruff comment that he, del- he, del- he would deliver these purpose-filled messages without putting on a scene. It was just an economy of words. Everyone listened to him. Think of like Clint Eastwood in some of his famous movies. Did he have 30,000 lines of dialogue? No. Very spare with his use of language, but highly effective. The pitchers revered Daryl Kyle. They did not want to let him down. He redefined competitiveness for some guys in that pitching staff who didn't really know what it meant, not until he joined the Cardinals. Mike Matheny, the catcher, badass, tough as hell. He would bleed for the team. Teammates were in all of his pain tolerance and considered him to be among the very, very toughest guys that they ever saw in baseball. John Lackey, I've told this story before. Mozalek traded for him at the deadline in 2014 because he believed the Cardinals were soft and needed a shakeup inside. When I wrote a column about Lackey, salty, unfiltered, and stubborn as a kicking mule demeanor, one of his teammates took me to Cass and said, I don't think anybody down here really likes him. And I said, yes, you're right. That's exactly why they got him, okay? Y'all were too comfortable. Think about this. He made the boys uncomfortable, and they needed that. Lance Lynn, straight-up badass, always questioned authority or challenged dumb things teammates said about baseball. He was never loud or disrespectful or confrontational, but enough to sharpen the team's collective edge. And uh, he intimidated weaker people who just couldn't take um, being questioned, even in a respectful way. And that's something that they're missing now, too. We talked about Joe Kelly. Yeah, there was, a, there was some performance art to this pitcher, but he was a competitive live wire, and he was just eccentric enough and crazy enough to get other people to pay attention. They loved the fact that he was nuts, uh, and they still do, his teammates. <laughs> uh, a guy that I forgot to mention before, he was one of my favorites, Brian Jordan. You know, remember, he was not only an outfielder for the Cardinals, but at the same time for a couple of those years, he was a hard-hitting safety for the Atlanta Falcons. And he competed at baseball like a hard-hitting safety, minus the padding and the full helmet. Boy, did he knock a lot of people down in the infield. And did he, did he run into a lot of walls? In his, he, he just was a badass competitor all the way. Mark McGuire, the word is presence. I don't need to say anything beyond that. Pitching coach Dave Duncan. 
I don't think he raised his voice, but his words were like a hammer. Very imposing. And pitchers knew if they were smart enough to listen to him, he would make them better. And if they were dumb, they pretty much were going to be gone. That's Dave Duncan. He had no tolerance for fools. And everybody down there knew it and respected it. Hey, there were so many other members of the Badass Club. Fernando Vina, Matt Holliday, who played that game hard all the time. Scott Rowland, same thing. Edgar Renneria, David Eckstein. Uh, Steve Klein, Skip Schumacher, Larry Walker. And just because a guy's a nice person, it doesn't mean he's excluded from Badass Club consideration. I think Matt Morris was like that. Adam Wainwright, I think, when he became a veteran, when he was on the mound especially, was definitely like that because Adam Wainwright was considered a, a great competitor and uh, batters were uh, unsettled by him. But, you know, in a clubhouse, things like that, I, I don't think he was the hellraiser that some of these other guys were. And that's okay. It's got like Goldie and Arenado. You can contribute in other ways. Uh, so the Cardinals have had many uh, pleasant, amiable people um, in recent years. Uh, and the 23 Cardinals like to have fun, but as I've said on the show many times, but not too much fun. That's frowned upon, frowned upon down there. But do you really want the clubhouse to be a library? Uh, a snobby culture isn't healthy. And you can't have a culture that curates a hard-edged competitiveness when every player has each other's back. I'm okay. You're okay. No. Too comfortable. Too easy. And that leads to a shortage of accountability and a shortage of leadership that can actually change things. Come home, Yanni. <laughs> Come on home. Uh there must be a reason why the manager reportedly, if you pay attention to Derek Gould, which I do, the manager reportedly is very, very much pushing for this because the manager needs help in this area. He needs, he needs someone to help him enforce in that clubhouse. Now, the media narrative, which is bogus, and I don't even want to get into it, is that he does that. Uh, why? Why? Because he tried to embarrass Tyler O'Neill after one game? That doesn't make you badass, sorry. That's the easiest target in Western civilization, right? Yep. So, I really think they need that element uh, because they don't have it. And that's one area where, you know, John Mozalak, when he was in his prime, would have made sure that they brought in people that could do just that. Toughen that team up mentally, physically, attitudinally. All that stuff. They tur- they were they didn't have enough pitching. We all know that we all know the number one problem. We also know that the manager and the coaches let the defense and base running slide. We know all that. But on, on in addition to all that, they were soft, soft, soft. They were too nice, and th- there was no one in there that would make someone else uncomfortable when it was appropriate to do so. And that stuff matters because I lived all through all sixteen years of the Larusa era. That stuff matters. Let's take a break. Brett McMurphy on the other side. We'll talk some college football with the college football analyst and reporter for the Action Network.